Well, happy anniversary at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Isn't that cool to see all that God has done over these uh, past 15 years? It is really, really cool. Uh, there are moments when I watch that and I go, man, it is so cool to see what God has done. And then in the next moment, I'm like, I'm old. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so 15 years later, and uh, man, there are some of you here today um, who were there on that first day when we got going. I'm so incredibly thankful for those of you who've been there from day one and those of you who are here today. And today is really, it's about celebrating uh, what God has done, taking a look back at what he's done, but also taking a look forward into the future in terms of what we believe that God is going to do in the future. Now, I don't know if you know this, but we started as a church as, as really kind of un, under the uh, you know, authority of Lowcountry Community Church years ago as a campus of Lowcountry Community Church, and they supported us, and they helped birth us, and then they, they kind of spun us out on our own a few years later to become our own church. It's kind of like when you send a kid to college, I'm kind of going, we're kind of going through that right now, right? Great analogy. So anyway, uh, they kind of do their own thing. And so anyway, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for the investment that Jeff Cranston and Lowcountry Community Church made in the early days of our church. But I want you to think for a moment as we look in the past, I want you to think about the faithfulness of God um, despite many of the circumstances or the faithfulness of God in the midst of many of the circumstances of what we were facing as a church right out of the gates in 2007 when we became our own church. Uh, do you remember what was going on in 2007 and 8 and 9? <laughs> there was like a huge, massive uh, you know, global, global recession. And um, <laughs> little did we know that would be just small in terms of what we would face. But that was very difficult. It was very difficult in the life of a new church that uh, you know, is looking to start and looking to pave the way to get started. But God was faithful, wasn't he? God was faithful. In those kind of middle years uh, that you saw a lot of things going on, um, we met in so many different places. Our motto for a while in the first few years and kind of those middle years was uh, it, come find us if you, or come worship with us if you can find us because it was very hard to find us uh, some days. And uh, we had to change, we had to move, um, but God was faithful and God is faithful. And then we had a series of dare I even speak the word um, some of you are going to curse me, and that's okay, I guess, in church, you really shouldn't, but that's okay. Anyway, we had a series of hurricanes uh, from 2016 and the next few years. And, of course, many of you know, uh, many of you were a part of it, many of you lived here. Uh, we faced the devastation of Hurricane Matthew in 2016 and subsequent uh, hurricanes in the few years following. But God is faithful, isn't he? God is faithful. And who would have ever known that we would have faced a global pandemic? I thought a global recession was bad enough. Uh, a, a global pandemic that, you know, it would have been so much easier. I often think about this. I don't know if you agree with me or not. It would have been so much easier if it had been like March 15th uh, to, you know, March uh, 20th, 2021. If the, if the pandemic had been like that, but it wasn't. And so it's been very difficult uh, we've seen God be faithful even through a global pandemic. I think one of the most difficult uh, parts of our life and life as a church was navigating this pandemic over these last few years and all the things that resulted. 
uh, political upheaval in our world. Um, and, and my goodness, um, God has been faithful. And when I look back on the last 15 years, when I see what he's done, when I see us helping start a church in Belize and up in New York and now in Scotland and in different places, when I see us reaching out into the world, I think God is faithful in church. When I look back on the past, that's what I think. God is so incredibly faithful. He allowed us to, to and he, he saw to it that we were able to, to you know, survive and in many ways thrive through all of these different things. And today is a day to celebrate. Cynthia mentioned we got cupcakes after you're done here today. Um, we have an amazing entrance um, provided uh, by one of our own, Tatiana, and uh, a little area over here, which is a, a photo booth. Um, this is a day to celebrate. But I want us to celebrate, not to be celebrating Hilton Head Island Community Church, but I want us to celebrate because God is faithful. When we celebrate our 15th year anniversary, and in five more years we'll be doing 20 and so on and so forth, we are celebrating his faithfulness. We are celebrating making his name great. We are celebrating the fact that he is the one that is in control. He is the one that is in charge. And I think it's good for us to stop occasionally and look back, but I also think it's good for us to stop and make sure that we are on mission. I don't know if you realize this, but many organizations that are at this stage, at this kind of mark, at this point in its life cycle, um, many times what happens is, is people, the people who are part of the organization, they look back at the last 15 years or so, and, and they, then they kick back. And that's what sometimes looking back does. It makes us kick back. It makes us look back and see all the successes, and we kind of go, oh, that's cool. God has done all the amazing things in our past. And I'm really certain that our best days are ahead. And I believe that God has more for Hilton Head Island Community Church in the next 15 years than he had in these past 15 years. But the key for us, church, the key for Hilton Head Island Community Church to continue in this and to see God continue to be faithful it, it, the key is, is for us to remain faithful to what God has called us to do and to remain faithful to the mission and to the vision that he has given us. And so today is a day for us not only to celebrate, but for us to be challenged to ensure that we are remaining faithful to the mission that God has given us. Cynthia and I moved here with a three-and-a-half, four-year-old and a six-week Old. We moved from New York City uh, to help start this church, and we. Somebody asked me in the in the uh, after the, the message last in the last service. They said, uh, "How did you guys move from New York City to Hilton Head?" I'm like, uh, <laughs> "That's a long story." But uh, God uh, really, really did a work by getting us here. But here's what I want us to realize: is that God gave us as a church, He gave Hilton Head Island Community Church a unique mission. A mission to reach this community. Our, our, our mission is to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. That's our, that's our mission. That is it. That's why we exist. To passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. And on our 15th year anniversary, I think that it's a good idea for us to pause 
and make sure that we individually and we corporately are, are continuing on the course of that mission. It's a good idea to pause and to take back and celebrate, but it's also a good idea for us to challenge ourselves in terms of our ambitions and our aspirations and our authority and our aim. And that's what I want to do this morning is just to pause and to see where we are for us to check ourselves to make sure that our ambition and our aspirations and our authority and our aim are all about him. See, if we ensure that those things are right, if we ensure that those things are focused on God, if we ensure that we are faithful to that mission that he has given us, there's no telling what God will do in our future. Ambition and aspirations in life. Ambition and aspirations in life. We all have certain ambitions that we feel like we have in life. We want to accomplish something in our lives, right? Ambition is, I think, a key word for Hilton Head. I mean, you know, Hilton Head was built on people who had ambition, right? Hilton Head was built on people who had a certain aspiration. Some of you have moved here because of your own ambition in life, and that's awesome. And you had your own aspiration in life. You aspired to maybe live in a different culture, to move, likely from Ohio to here, and, and to, to live here because you didn't like snow. You'd rather have, you know, sand and beach, and that's awesome, and water. Um, and hurricanes, never mind. Anyway, and so uh, there's certain ambitions and aspirations that we have. But as a church, Hilton Head Island Community Church, our ambition and our aspiration is something that needs to be turned upside down. Because Jesus, when he gave us his gospel, when he gave us the Great Commission, when he put us on task, one of the things that he wanted to make sure that we understood is that he was calling the world to do something that was completely different than the world said. You see, the world tells us that our ambition and our aspirations should be self-serving. That it should be all about us. That we need to have these goals and these, these things in life that are all about me and what I can get and what I can gain. Jesus challenged that. He understood that we live in an upside-down world, and so he established his kingdom as an upside-down kingdom, as a kingdom and a way that we would approach that kingdom and build that kingdom in a way that was totally the opposite of conventional wisdom. And I love in the Gospels, it's recorded in at least two of the Gospels, where two of Jesus' disciples ask him about their own ambition. They approach him and essentially they say to Jesus, how can we be the greatest? How can we be the first? How can we be served? We want to sit on your right hand in heaven. And so how do we accomplish that? And, and I love Jesus in his loving but serious and somewhat direct way. Um, he answers these sons of Zebedee, James and John, and it's recorded in Mark 10, 42 through 45, and in this moment, this was such a critical moment in, in Jesus' ministry, it was such a critical moment in, in his followers' ministry, it was such a critical moment in his disciples, but it's a critical moment for us, because Jesus right here, in this moment, when he had the opportunity, when someone was talking about their personal ambition, he turned it on its head, he turned it upside down, verse 42 of Mark chapter 10, Jesus answered, and he called them to him. That would have been a, a funny moment, like James and John are like, hey, 
how can we be the best? How can we be the first? How can we be the greatest? And Jesus is like, hey, come on over here. Let me talk to you. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, we just got called into the principal's office. So this is not going to be good. And Jesus called them to him. And he said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, the rulers, they lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. And here's where Jesus turns everything upside down. Here's where he turns it on its head. He says, but it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so among you. You are not going to do this. Followers of me are not going to do this. But whoever would be great among you must be your, say it with me, your servant. And he says, and whoever would be first among you must be, what's that next word? Slave of all. And he says, for even the Son of Man, he's talking about himself there, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm sure these sons of thunder, that's what the word Zebedee means, that was what their family name was, these sons of thunder probably left a little bit with their tail between their legs going, well, I guess he wants something different from us. And church, that's what he wants from us too, something different, something remarkable, something that is so radical in terms of what the world says, because the world says is our ambition and our aspiration is to be all about us. Jesus says our ambition is to serve, not be served. Our ambition is to serve and not be served. And our aspiration is to be last, not first. We are not meant to be first. And Jesus drew a line in the sand. In that moment, he drew a line in the sand. And he said, if you are going to be followers of me, this is your new ambition. This is your new aspiration. And here we are in 2022, and the church has survived not only over the last 15 years, all the things that I've mentioned, but the church, the capital C church around the world, has survived wars, centuries of wars, and famine, and fire, and people moving, and pandemics that, that the likes of which we haven't seen. And God's church, because God is faithful, God's church continues to stand. But it took groups of people saying, we are going to grow a kingdom in a different way because God has called us to do something different. I love the book of Acts. I love history. How many of you like history in the room? Those of you who are in the house, all right. You guys are with me. We're the history nerds, all right. So anyway... Uh, I love the book of Acts because Acts is really Luke, the gospel of Luke. It's the continuation of the story, right? Jesus dies on the cross. He rises again. Uh, the book of, uh, book of Luke records him coming back, and, and the book of Acts continues that story. He, he meets with uh, over 500 different people after his death and resurrection. He, 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 uh, he meets with over 500 different people for a period of 40 days, and then he goes and he ascends to be with God in heaven forever. But he tells his followers, I'm going to send one who's going to come and be your counselor, to be your comforter, to lead and to guide you while I'm gone. And the Holy Spirit descends on the group of people in Acts chapter 1, the group of people that are the first 
church and the mission then continues and the church comes together and we see in Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 the church coalescing and coming together around the mission and around the ambition and, and around uh, you know, those, those things that we want for our lives, they come around it to serve. They serve each other. And they eat together. And they serve their community. And they eat together. And they listen to the disciples teaching together. And then they eat together. I really like their plan, don't you? There's a lot of food involved in it. And so then God adds, it says, the Bible says that he adds to their number daily, those who are being saved. And this church coalesces and God does amazing things, but it sounded really easy then. It got a lot harder. In fact, by Acts chapter 4, we see that the church is being persecuted because they're preaching the gospel. They get thrown into jail. The, those, those followers of Jesus, they were called followers of the way at that time. They get thrown into jail, and we see in Acts chapter 4 that once they get out of jail, they get together and they have a really cool prayer meeting. I'm sure they did. And I would have been praying for great legal counsel. They didn't do that. They prayed for more boldness in preaching the gospel. And it continues. And there's this event that happens in the life of the church and history, the stoning of Stephen and, and, and the, the group of people that are gospel, um, uh, group of people that are followers of Jesus are spreading the gospel and they're turning things upside down. And I want you to see in Acts chapter 17, 5 through 17, what they do um, when they're causing society and culture to be turned upside down. Check this out. The Jews, they were jealous of these Christians, these followers of Jesus, followers of the way. And taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob. They set the city in an uproar, and they attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. They wanted to pull these followers of God out in the crowd and essentially punish them for preaching the gospel and for uh, doing miracles and all these things. Verse 6, and when they could not find them, they dragged Jason, the one who was the owner of this home, and some of the brothers before the city authorities, and they were shouting that these men have turned the world upside down. They have come here also, and Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying, there is another king, Jesus. And so we see in Acts chapter 17 that these followers of Jesus, they were turning the world upside down. And listen, church, that's what we are to be about. That's what our ambitions should be. That's what our aspirations should be. It should not be about us, but it should be about turning the world upside down. Aspiration. Our focus, our ambition, our aspiration is to serve, not be served. Our aspiration is to be last, not be first. And I want you to hear today from your pastor that our authority is Jesus. Our authority is Jesus. And it's his message of salvation and love. It is for everyone. I want you to hear that, that he is the leader of this church. That I answer to him, that our elders answer to him. That our staff, when we get together and say, hey, we need to press reset on some things, that we seek him out first, asking him what he wants because he is the leader of this church. I had someone ask me just recently, who, who's, 
you know, who's something about something about your church, about Todd's church. And I said, hey, I just need to let you know, this is not my church. This is not my church. This is, this is not your church. This is not even our church. This is Jesus's church. This is his place. And our core beliefs about salvation and who God is and and what we are to do as a church reflect that he is the one who has all the authority. Our core beliefs do nothing to benefit us. It's all to bring him glory because he's the one that's in charge. We believe that in the God, God the Father, the, the Godhead three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we believe that we as man are sinful and that sin keeps us from God. We believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth to save us from an eternity in hell and that, oh, by the way, hell is real and, oh, by the way, heaven is real. We believe in all of these things because we believe in the authority of Jesus Christ. We believe that he came to die for our sins and that when we put our faith in him, that we have eternity in heaven with him. That that's the gift that he gave us. We believe that the Bible is uh, God's uh, message to us and has given us the greatest commandment and has give us, given us the great commission to go and to tell. And we believe in holding to the ordinances of the church, communion, and baptism. And we practice those on a regular basis. Last week, we, uh, we partook and we received communion together. And so we received communion together as a church. And we also practice believers' baptism. And I love the story and many of the stories of our church and seeing people saved, but also seeing them baptized. And I want to tell you about two stories in the life of this church uh, about people being baptized because I think you're going to love these two stories. And I've asked Stephanie to join me up here on stage. Um, you guys know Stephanie Reed. She leads worship. She and Andy have been with us from day one. Um, and they have three daughters. And Stephanie, why don't you give it up for Stephanie this morning? Thank you so much. About 10 years ago, you and Andy, uh, who, by the way, it's Andy's birthday today. So if you see him, he was in the first service. Big Reed's happy birthday. Yeah. He got a birthday present with Tennessee winning last night because he's a big Tennessee fan. So anyway, uh, I'm not going to say go Vols, but anyway, I'll stop right there. But uh, they approached me uh, about baptizing Hannah, their youngest, who's right down here. And I'd like for you to share a little bit of the story, if you would, Stephanie, about Hannah and her baptism. Thank you. And it was, it is a wonderful blessing in, uh, in the life of our family. And as Todd says, we have three daughters. So Hannah, being our youngest, uh, was born with cerebral palsy. And so she was born into a body that does not work like the rest of ours does. But she is very blessed in the fact that she understands things very well and is very bright, very smart. So um, God, through, uh, through his blessings, has just enabled us to have a communication device that she can talk through. So she can use her eyes to type on a computer and really just, you know, that's her her communication to the world. Mm -hmm. And so, like Todd said, about 10 years ago, I think it was after an Easter service, and uh, Todd was talking about baptism, and she went home, and she's like, Mom, I want to get baptized. And I was like, oh, okay, 
well, that's that's great. But I was like, but Hannah, they actually do it out in the ocean. And I was like, are you sure? You know, it's not a little pool, you know. <laughs> and so, um, so no, she said, yeah, I want to do that. Mm. So as you see, Todd and um, and my husband Andy, mm. um, they they got her, they dunked her good, and a big old wave <laughs> came. So she got she got an extra double dose of, of <laughs> baptism right there. But, um, mm. but we have been blessed to be a part of a, of a church that has uh, in, mm. had Hannah involved as well. So she has been, you know, whether it's part of greeting or part of our worship yep. team and yeah. helping to choose some songs, she is just, she's God's girl. And I she have is. tried to really mm. uh, encourage her on the days that are tough and say, you know, even though it's hard here, um, and she sometimes gets really upset. And I said, you know, is this your home? Is this, is this, is this it? And she's like, no. And I was like, is heaven, where's your home? And she'll look up. I'm like, exactly. We'll have eternity there. Mm -hmm. And we have that, um, that reassurance because of Jesus and that. because of her love. So she is God's girl. It's one of my favorite baptism stories in the life of our church, Hannah, is when you accepted Jesus as your savior and followed in believer's baptism. And I remember when Stephanie and Andy reached out to us and said, hey, we want Hannah to be baptized. And I'm like, okay, that is really yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, um, and here you are 10 years later, yeah. a young woman, a part of our, our teams. Uh, you might see her greeting. You might see her helping out uh, with our worship team. She's here as early as anybody uh, on Sunday morning uh, when you're leading worship, Stephanie. And so um, what a great, great gift that I had, have to be your pastor but also had to baptize you, Hannah. And I'm so thankful that one day we're going to see you in heaven. And, uh, man, that's the story of the gospel message. Isn't that cool? So, hey, thank you, Stephanie, so much. That's awesome. And I want to encourage you to, to talk uh, to Hannah because she does. She knows everything you're saying. In fact, when Stephanie and Andy are out of town, I'll usually get a message on Facebook Messenger from Hannah saying, hey, what do I need to tell them from the notes today, from the messages? But I highlight the things I need to tell my mom and dad. I'm like, go for it, girl. That's awesome. So anyway, I love it. We baptized Hannah. We baptized so many people, hundreds of people over these past 15 years. One of them uh, was a man by the name of Frank Condor. And some of you will remember Frank Condor, who just a few years ago passed away after a long battle with cancer. And one of my favorite pictures is up there right now, Frank. <laughs> putting his Clemson fist up in the air, saying he was so excited about being baptized that day. And uh, Frank got baptized in the early days of our church, uh, and Frank was a good friend of mine, but a good friend of this church. In fact, when Cynthia and I arrived in Hilton Head to start what became Hilton Head Island Community Church, I sat down with Jeff Cranston, the pastor who was a pastor, is a pastor of Low Country, and he had told me, man, we're so excited about you guys coming We've got a, a core team of people that are going to help you start this church. And, and I remember like a few weeks later sitting down with him going, okay, what are the names of the people? Give me the names. I'm going to reach out to them. we got to get this thing going. And he's like, well, there's you and Cynthia and a guy named Frank. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand the definition of a core team because that's three people. That is a small team of people. But Frank was one of those guys that he would, um, he would walk the streets of Hilton Head, and he would pray. My guess is Frank prayed for some of you. He prayed. He prayer walked. He put hangers on people's doors. He would stop people and tell them about his uh, relationship with Jesus. 
and what God did to change him because he was a changed man. And we're going to see him in heaven one day. And that's one of my favorite baptism stories. And I want to encourage you, if you have not put your faith in Jesus, um, if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you haven't, I want to encourage you to do that, to make him your savior. But maybe you did that a while ago. Maybe you did it weeks or months or years ago. Um, I accepted Jesus as my savior when I was like first, second grade time frame. I remember being in a classroom and I remember accepting Jesus as my savior. But I didn't understand all that it was back then. And so I didn't get baptized. I didn't get baptized until I was 21. But you know what? That doesn't matter so much. What matters is the obedience part of it. Because Jesus wants us to believe and then be baptized. And so we call it believer's baptism. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you to be there tonight. I want to encourage you to just be there. There's, there's really nothing more involved in being baptized than just deciding that you want to be baptized. And so we're going to meet tonight at uh, 5 o'clock down at Caligny. I love you there at 445. You guys can come on out and be a part of it. Uh, we, we never exactly know how many people we're going to baptize um, because sometimes we, we lose some, and I don't mean lose them in the water. Sometimes we, we've never done that before. That's really good. But sometimes people end up not being able to come, but sometimes we gain some. Sometimes people see what's happening, and they follow in believer's baptism as well. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Our authority is Jesus. Uh, our, our ambition is all about serving uh, our our uh, aspiration is to be last, not first. And then finally, I want you to hear this. Our aim is to make the name of Jesus more important. It's more important than the name of our church. Our aim is to make his name great. And I want you to hear that. This, this whole thing that we've been doing for the past 15 years, I don't know if you realize this, but the pastor of the church, someone asked me, do you own the church once? I'm like, no, I don't own the church. I'm not in charge of the church. I don't own the church. Jesus owns the church. Jesus is in charge of the church. But here's the thing. It is not about Todd Cullen. It's not about Cynthia Cullen. It is not about any one of the elders. It is not about the name Hilton Head Island Community Church. It is not about one individual on staff and making their name great. And it's not even about making your name great. I'm sorry if I disappoint you. This church is about making the name of Jesus more important than any other name. That's what we are about. Do you realize that this week, there was a, we have a new king in our world, right? Man, a lot happened in the last 48, 72 hours, am I right? In the world. And there's a new king in the world. And political leaders and kings and kingdoms, they come and go. But our job as a church is to not make some political party great. It's not to make someone's name great other than the name of Jesus. And that is our aim. And that's what we're going to do. And if we do that, church, God is going to be faithful to us in the next 15 years as well. You saw it at the end of the video. Psalm 115, verse 1. And it's been an important part, this verse the psalmist wrote, has been an important part of Hilton Head Island Community Church in the past. And my prayer is that it is moving forward as well. Not to us. Not to us, O oh Lord. Not to us, but to your name 
we give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And as I think about these last 15 years and I think about today and I think about the next 15 years, I believe that God has more great things in our future than he has in our past. I believe our greatest days are to come. Do you believe that, Hilton Head Island Community Church? I believe that God is going to be faithful for the next 15 years. And that's what I'm going to ask you, and that's what I want to be praying about. I'm going to ask our team to come forward, Cynthia, our staff, um, any elders that might be in here, your uh, stewardship team members. And I'm going to ask you all to stand um, as we pray. And on this 15-year anniversary, um, I, I want us not to just get stuck in the past. I want us not to get stuck into today. But I want for us to be praying that God would continue to be faithful to his church on Hilton Head Island. I don't know if you know this. Um, we started We started because um, 90%, actually 91% of Beaufort County in two different surveys years ago, 91% of Beaufort County, the people do not have a church home. And often, as it relates to gospel work, as it relates to church work, it doesn't just happen overnight. It's a generational change. And here we are 15 years later, and I'd like to think we put a dent into that because hundreds of people have come to faith through this church in Jesus. <laughs> but I know we still have our work to do ahead of us. We have a great job to do here in this community. We could use five different churches just like this, 10 different churches like this, and we would barely make a dent. We have issues that we have to overcome. We as a church are going to rally around an issue on Hilton Head and our future that is important to you, whether you realize it or not, and it's important to me, and it's important to the people standing behind me, and it's important to this community, and that is workforce housing. We are going to love our people. To be honest with you, I don't know how we're going to do it. But I know we're going to jump into the deep end of the pool and we're going to figure out a way for the church to be what the church is supposed to be. And that is to help people and love people and serve people like Jesus did. We have a lot of issues that we have to face. A lot of things that are upside down. And as much as I love these people behind me and as much as I love you all, our job is not to make any of these people great. It's not to make you great. It's to make his name great. If we are faithful to him, he'll be faithful to use us. So I've asked Cynthia to pray. I'm going to pray. This is our amazing team that I'm so thankful for. I just want to say this as your pastor. I have good days and bad days. I have days of discouragement and days where I'm thrilled. But I love leading you guys. I love being your pastor. And I love leading you, and we just want to thank you for the honor it is to be leading this church. So, Cynthia, will you pray? Because I'm crying, so please just pray. <laughs> God, it's a, a lot of emotion to express just our gratitude today, as Todd has said, of looking back on your faithfulness. And you have been consistent. You have been steadfast. You have been strong for us. Good days, bad days, as Todd said, all of us. In our own Hilton and Allen community, God, in the last 15 years, all the things we've faced locally and globally. 
And so we just pause right now in the strong name, the mighty name of Jesus, and we say thank you. Thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your steadfastness when everything around us was changing all the time in different seasons of life, God, seasons of life that some of us never saw coming, life change, people that are no longer with us, God, that we miss desperately, but know we'll get to see them one day again in heaven. And God, we just take this time to just dedicate the years ahead. Whatever you have for this church, God, we do believe, we do believe that the best days are ahead as we look toward your coming. And we wait with great expectation about the day you're going to come and you're going to take us home. But until that day comes, God, we have a mission and we have a purpose as Hilton and Allen Community Church to passionately share that message with this community and to help people on their faith journey, to lead them to follow you, God. And so we pray we will stay on mission. We pray, God, that you would help that mission even now as we really dedicate ourselves and refocus for the years to come, the next 15 or whatever you have. God, that we'll be committed even more to doing what you've called us to do, not being about us, for us as Christ followers, God, to not stay in a place where we are just complacent or reflective and wish things would go back to the way they used to be. It's never going to be that way again, Father. So help us to refocus our heart and mind on that. And I pray for our church right now. If there's people that have still not made that step to get involved in community and they've not gotten in a group, and maybe because of COVID, it's still something they're scared or nervous about. God, I just pray in the strong name of Jesus that if someone calls this place their home, if this is where they are engaging in spiritual community, God, I pray they will get in a group this fall. God, I pray that you would give them that opportunity and that you would help them if there's any fear or any just lack of routine from the last couple of years with the pandemic, God, that you would just go before them and give them strength to take that step because Sundays are great and that's why we come the first day of the week, God, to focus our heart and mind on who you are and what you've done, but it can't stop here. The other six days are even more vital as we spend time in community and in Bible study and prayer with each other, connecting with each other, and then serving our community, God. If there's anybody here in the sound of my voice or watching online that has not made that step, God, to really make their life about serving others, I pray through these 15 days of serving, Father, that you would just give them that passion and that desire to get outside of just their own lives and look around and see who needs to see you through them just being your hands and feet, providing a meal, cutting someone's grass, or just saying to somebody on the street, on your neighborhood, hey, how are you doing? How can I help you? Is there anything you need? God, let us be people that are always looking around to see what we can do to serve others. Let us be people passionate about going deeper in our faith journey, not being content with where we are right now, but knowing, God, there's more for us with you. You desire us to be closer to you. So we dedicate ourselves to that in these days that come, that you would go before us, guide our steps. And as we've said, God, it's not about us, it's about you. So we continue to lift your name high in what we do and how we live. May we be a beautiful reflection of your amazing and generous love that you've shown to each and every one of us who call themselves Christ followers. We pray that in that name of Jesus. Father, I just agree with everything that Cynthia just prayed. And Father, I pray that we would remain on mission. Father, I pray that we as a church, we as your people, um, 
would remain faithful to what you've called us to do. God, help us to be a church that is for the community. God, a church that is for serving, that is for helping, that is for assisting, that is there in the moment of crisis when our community needs it, when people in, are in need. But God, may we never forget that this isn't about us. It's, it's not the moment to pat ourselves on the shoulder. It's not the moment to heap praise upon this organization or any one person. Father, this is our time to make your name great and to recognize that you are the one who's been faithful through it all. God, as we seek to see your name continue to make, be made great over these next 15 years, I pray that we would have our ambition in the right place that we realize that you are our authority and that our aim is to make you and your name great. Help us to do that to the best of our ability, to be about the upside-down kingdom in this upside-down world. Help us to do that to the best of our ability. I thank you so much for everyone who's listening, everyone who's in the, in the house, those who are on backstage patio, those who are online. And Father, I thank you for this amazing team standing behind me. And those who are here, those who aren't here, Father, may you use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray and all God's people say.